Listening Dog Media. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Jenny Powell. And, uh, well, sorry, just to say, <laughs> no, just jealous of Cleo's top. It's gorgeous. <laughs> she does we need a bit of sunshine like that. <laughs> yeah, we do, especially on today. It's snowing. Uh, our guest today is the wonderful Cleo Wood, uh, women's health and sexual well-being uh, expert. Uh, you can find her on And Breathe Wellbeing on social media as well. It's lovely to meet you in person and have you here. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm just shining like a beacon in the corner. <laughs> Or did you talk? I do realise online. Oh no, totally. Um, so I buy most things secondhand now. Right. Um, and so it was on an online charity shop called Thrift, which is amazing, by the way. Um, but yeah, it looked like a normal, lovely, quite bright red, but but you know, just a normal red. And it arrived, and I swear, it glowed as I opened the package. <laughs> it's neon. It's like a neon fluorescent it's orange gorgeous. red. Um, but yeah, I'm leaning into it. <laughs> Uh, it's great to have you here. It's something that we've wanted to do on the podcast. We've not had. You are our first sort of sexpert, sexual well-being expert on our podcast, season 12 as well. So... Yeah, we took in time, didn't we? we? Yeah. I'm surprised, actually, guys. Yes. Very well. pleased to pop your cherries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do we start with this? I guess, really, you know, uh, mum's... And, and how it all changes once you have kids, it might be a good place to sort of start, you know, with with that. Because often when we've had babies, I think we lose our sex drive a lot of the time anyway. So it can be a massive issue for women because I don't think it's the first thing on our minds once we've had a baby. Uh, no, I would say not. <laughs> I think most people do really struggle with that transition to motherhood, to parenthood in general. And your relationship is the first thing to go to kind of fall by the wayside, really. And there are multiple studies that have shown the first years, the first five years postnatally are the most hard, are the hardest for your marriage, your relationship, and your sex drive definitely takes a tumble uh, during that time as well. So if that is you, like, you're not alone. (laughs) Everyone is going through it. It's just that we don't really admit to it and we don't really talk about it. Mm. I think that conversation is happening more now. 
um, you know, there's a lot more honesty around how hard parenthood and motherhood can be. Um, but yeah, it's nothing to be ashamed of and it can get better and it will get better if you want it to. Um, so that's the most important thing I think to take away from it. And the interesting thing is when you're pregnant, your hormones are actually sort of sexual uh, hormones. They can uh, be, yeah. Could sometimes be thriving, can't yeah, they? I mean, yeah. it can be so randy when you're pregnant. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't. I, 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 I sort of talked about that and said that actually so it brought on later. Yeah, were you? Yeah, I was so randy. Well, and good for you because I really wasn't. Oh, I'm thinking, when am I going to feel like myself again? My God. Oh, okay. yeah, so, everywhere, so everyone's really different. Like, there are lots and lots of examples of people really kind of leaning into pregnancy and feeling that glow and the hormones kind of sloshing around and you're making you feel feel really good Mm. there are also loads of examples of people who hate being pregnant I definitely I don't to be honest I don't know why I did it second time around (laughs) uh, because it was so awful the first time and then my second pregnancy was actually worse than my first one Mm -hmm. so I definitely wasn't feeling it but a lot of people do right and then I think postnatally it's the same some people actually can get back in the sack without any problems you know really enjoy sex again immediately afterwards not not immediately immediately after birth but you know following having a baby and actually there are lots of other people who really don't enjoy it and the stats are really quite remarkable really yeah and does that last quite a long time or so the there's a there's a really interesting study so uh which says that 83 percent of people postnatally women postnatally uh suffer some kind of sexual dysfunction or painful uh sex so 83 percent is quite a lot Mm. that's the stats at 12 weeks so kind of three months uh postnatally but if you look at the stats then six months afterwards that figure only falls to something like uh, I think off the top of my head it's about 64% so you're still six months in really struggling to kind of regain confidence in your identity and your kind of sensuality and intimate life and six months in the grand scheme of things isn't that long I suppose but six months when you're living it when you're super tired when you've got a baby that Mm -hmm. isn't sleeping uh, and your relationship is kind of on a knife edge can feel like an eternity so I think yeah it's it's a massive topic um mine was longer than six months when I did oh my god it, I, I swear yeah. to god it, it wasn't yeah. until she was about two two and a half I think I yeah. just the last thing ever yeah. I didn't want anyone near me and is it well it is it more psychological is it more to do with what you're thinking as opposed to what your body is you know so able can, to do yeah such a good question i think it can be both um so there are lots of different aspects that can, that can really impact your experience of sex after birth lots of physical factors um as well as lots of mental factors so the physical factors can be things like how your vagina has healed postnatally whether you've had an episiotomy so you might have the scar yeah from your episiotomy vaginal grazing even which we don't really talk about i don't even know what that is well it's it's, it's as if you might have little scratches inside your vaginal canal for example from when the baby comes out so if the baby was in like an awkward position and like its elbow was right running down your vaginal walls rather than just the head that you might have some grazing and so on internally as well or if you had uh an intervention like forceps you might have some kind of yeah. um, uh, impact from the forceps, you know, going in and out of the vagina as well. So there's things like that. If you had a C-section birth, you've obviously got the C-section scar to contend with. And that was me. It's major abdominal surgery. You yeah. go through seven layers of tissue to get the baby out, which we don't really think about, you know, 
C-section births are very common these days. And I had an elective C-section second time around. Me too, I've done it both ways. Um, And that's a really big thing for your body to go through and to heal from as well. And everyone creates scar tissue differently. So some people's scar tissue tissue might be, um, you know, might heal really well, might be quite flat or return to skin colour quite quickly. Or it might be quite lumpy and bumpy, very strong, but it might stay red and sensitive for a long time. I'm in the latter. Um, so actually, I'm a year and a half, nearly two years postnatally now. And my scar is still very red and raised. So, But there are things that you can do uh, to help your body heal um, a little bit better, whether that's a C-section scar, an episiotomy scar. Um, your pelvic floor, obviously, might have taken a battering. <laughs> It could be too tight. It could be too loose. Both of those can cause issues. All this stuff you're talking about here is amazing and really informative, especially for first time moms and stuff. But what annoys me is that, you know, when you're going through this as a woman and pregnant on with your doctor, with these groups they send you to go, none of them talk about this and afterwards there's nothing I had two C-sections, an emergency and a normal and an elected one with my second Oh my God, they couldn't wait to get me out of hospital. I was there st- in Manchester. I was there signing our patient because I was walking within less than 12 hours and I, I refused to take anything apart from a bit of paracetamol. Oh and they gosh. went, you're going home tomorrow. Now it's great. And I know that the beds are really busy and all of that. I won't get into that. But what annoys me is that there are no support groups um, or groups for women when they're pregnant to discuss all of this yeah. stuff. Mm. All they want to tell you about is how to breastfeed and yeah. Stuff like that. And there's so much more to this. So it's amazing that we have someone like you. But I think we need this, you know, there should be groups. You've got your NCT. They don't do all of this. There needs to be. It it should be part of the birth curriculum, really. Um, And I totally agree with you. It isn't Mm. something that we're taught about. And even when people identify a problem and want to get it solved, most of the time and and from this is from my own experience as well as from talking to lots of other women about it as well they'll go to the gp and the gp will be like well you've had a baby what do you expect which makes me so angry um you know i cannot describe the rage that it makes me feel because i'm like how dare you dismiss me this might be a woman's problem in inverted commas this might be just sex in inverted commas but it really makes a difference to your overall well-being and how you feel about yourself, your self-worth, your self-confidence, your marriage, your relationship is your overall mental health, ultimately. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where, where the first time, especially when you have a, a, a child, um, you, you never think, you, you just crave to go back to the to old normal. year. Totally. Yeah, yeah. When am I going to be that person again? Mm -hmm. Because that's the the, the lonely place you find yourself in quite often after uh, childbirth is that I'm never going to be me again. (laughs) It's just not going to happen ever again. And that's a massive part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it it should, it's a huge part of our recovery, but also a huge part of, you know, the the ripple effects for your family. And like you say, your partner is is just... uh, it's just it's just crucial that it, you know we, we deal with it right. completely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and you know, thank thank God for people like you. <laughs> well, I just think it's it's you know again you know we we touched on a lot of the kind of physical things there, but we also know that mentally it can be a real blocker for people as well. So if you have birth trauma, um, you may not approach you may not think about your body in the same way mm. as you did 
pre-pregnancy. And that can be a real blocker to actually intimacy as well. You know, actually, even if you haven't had birth trauma, reconciling the idea of your vagina as a, a thing that pushed a baby out and also a thing that is a kind of sexual object. Yeah, oh my don't God. Go hand in hand, do they? No, they yeah. really don't. And it's the same with like breastfeeding as yeah. well. Yeah. I remember being on a hospital bed when I was pregnant with my son. I was forever going and getting the band round to make sure his heartbeat was going. I was a lunatic. <laughs> I think I was the most known patient there. And there was a very um, old school, I'll call a stern nurse, midwifery nurse on, yeah. on this particular ward. And um, she came up to me, didn't mind at all how blunt she was. You know, she'd been around for a long time. <laughs> Are you going to breastfeed? And I remember saying to her, oh, no. Now, I knew I wasn't because I tried with Ava, had a terrible time. I wasn't going there with Heath, so it yeah. wasn't going to happen for yeah. me. I had a lot of trauma from that with Ava. And um, she started spouting on saying things like page three and these magazines have ruined it for women because your breasts aren't sexual. They are functional and they are made for one reason only and that is to feed kids and I remember thinking oh lady you're not a cow no <laughs> I'm not a cow and I, and I have no energy so I just listened to her and thought I'm not going to mess with her but I didn't agree with any of that yeah and there is that conflict right yeah. because you know these are part of our as we grow up and it is part of our attraction yeah. and everything else we aren't just and I thought, no, I don't agree with you on that at all. No, it's incredibly but, difficult, though. There's the whole, you know, sex is the reason that we became parents in the first place, <laughs> that we became moms in the first place, right? Yeah. But it's really hard for those two identities to come together. We are schooled on the idea of, you know, stereotypes of women, images of women. One is like, you're really sexy, the siren, the kind of whore as it were and one is the madonna side the mm. mother the pure yeah and actually we are all both of those things yeah but we're not taught to think that they can go together mm-hmm. absolutely I don't know if that makes sense yeah it makes perfect sense yes. <laughs> yeah you're both nodding like really hard but. yeah yeah no. it, um so that can be a really really tricky one to to navigate when you're when you're a new mom yeah you kind of have to it's down to you to kind of make that transition isn't it yeah. so right okay well you know that was a part of my life and a part of the time where i had to be like this but now you know i'm recovering well and i head back towards being like this again mm. um but it's uh it's it's an individual thing as well isn't yeah. it because some 100%. people like that just yeah. fine straight away but, yeah you know and then there's other people that like takes months years maybe yeah um to get back to where they but where I, they want to be i always felt like people around me would say um oh yeah no we just no we still have sex it's never been a thing you know i had a baby we have sex and, and i would be surrounded by people like that when i had Ava lily and i used to think well it is just me and i never talked about it with anyone which now yeah. i don't care yeah so i'm like actually i should say it because <laughs> yeah. anyone's listening who feels crap yeah they need to know they're not yeah it's normal um but at the time you know I think but I don't know whether it's true or whether some of those people felt they had to say that or well, who knows. You that know, maybe is, that is one of the things that I always think though about people who are telling you how many times how many times a week they're having sex. Or, yeah, you know, oh, six week here, see what the six weeks say, and everything's back to normal. Yeah. Well, how do you know? Mm-hmm. You know, we are in such a competitive and image-driven world. Everyone's on Instagram. Everyone wants you to know that their life is perfect. perfect. Yeah. And so if that's what 
their perceived expectation is that you are going to get back to normal and get back in the sack, you know, really quickly after birth. And maybe people are just going to say that, but no one's in the room with a clipboard, like monitoring you. You no. you can easily lie about that, um, whether intentionally or not. And uh, I think people don't realise, you know, how important honesty is in that phase because yeah. what you say can really impact someone else mentally yes um as well like you just said yeah absolutely. you know it made you feel like shit but actually yeah. it may not have even been true no so, so what <laughs> kind of help could you give you know practical terms you know for for women who are suffering maybe as kelly did what in terms of uh just not being able to so, yeah well, well first of all to sort of try and get out of that mindset because yeah. it sounds like it's a lot to do with that more than physically so i think one of the things that I would say is just to take the pressure off um, and not feel so much like you need to be doing anything or you should be doing anything. It's totally okay for you not to have sex for a year post-birth if that's what's right for you. What I would say is that you need to talk that through with your other half if you have one so that you're both on the same page, so that you both have the, the same expectations. Because it's all very well you saying that, but if you haven't communicated that to your partner, he's going to be sitting there being like... Because they are yeah. affected too. I, I know Absolutely. It's a female podcast and, and everything else, but it does affect them yeah. as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, great if you've got someone who's very understanding and loving. Yeah. But I know some people who who haven't had that, where yeah. their partner's been very cross that they can't. Interesting. Uh, and, and yeah. you know, and it's been that they felt they've been demanded on mm -hmm. um, by that person. And yeah. I think that that... That in itself is not a nice place to be either, no, is it? You absolutely. Know. I just think communication is at the heart of all of this as well. And I know that is not necessarily a very sexy answer, but actually, it's, grown up it's, a, it's a grown up answer. And we yeah. all grown ups, given that we're moms, you know, or you would hope. Um, and, you know, having those conversations and being really open about it with your partner, I think, is really crucial to this as well. And also, there is a lot of stuff you can do that is not penetrative sex that can satisfy both of you as well maybe you aren't ready to have penis and vagina sex and that's totally fine why is that the only thing that we think of as proper in inverted commas sex yeah what happened to a good old snog on the sofa or like feeling someone up or you know <laughs> but, it, but it, it, those things can actually be really sexy if that if you take penetrative sex off the table you take that pressure away and you know that you're not kind of going to get anxious and, and all kind of het up about the fact that it might be coming up and you don't really want to do it. You take that away, that can actually be really, really liberating as well. And, you know, you can still climax with doing all of the other stuff. You yeah. have to be penetrative. And actually, for many women, you know, you don't climax having penetrative sex anyway no well we know there's a stuff. massive orgasm gap right <laughs> exactly and there is and, and you know and there's stats everywhere about that one which yeah. is a whole new other thing yeah but, <laughs> yeah that's for another episode yeah <laughs> and like i'm saying so the pleasure and intimacy i know you do sort of like a workshop for that as well don't you yeah but there are other ways there are other absolutely and i think you know if people are struggling to communicate which many of us are if particularly if we're tired and you know we've got so much other stuff on our plate yes um you know i'm not saying it needs to be in the moment in the bedroom you know, right then, because that can actually be very, very pressured, that environment, if you think you're going to hurt someone's feelings. Or if you have a night away and you put that pressure. Yes, exactly. Or, well. you know, the expectation of something needing yeah. to happen. Um, but doing it after the fact when, you know, 
the pressures off doing mm-hmm. it whilst you're you know having a conversation whilst you're going for a walk or in the car if you're not looking at, at each other that can often help as well um having i don't know if you have done any conversation card games um ever but they're really fantastic for kind of introducing thought-provoking topics to the conversation in in not a cheesy way mm-hmm. um because you know we all end up just talking about the laundry or the school run or the yeah. grocery shop yeah whatever it is and there's so much other stuff that kind of is uh higher up the priority list than our sexual well-being and our relationship but actually doing those conversation cards can introduce those topics and you can then you then start to kind of naturally be a little bit more open with each other and then the, the topic might come up um in a less stilted way anyway so that's a really good one and also uh very practically lead with a positive feedback (laughs) because you know no one likes to be criticized right from the off but if you know you're like look i really enjoy this but could we take that off the table for a little while or you know actually you know that's really lovely and i'd love to kind of do a bit more of that but could we not do it like this Mm -hmm. um is a really nice way of doing it as well you know it's a bit like your um so that you, you know your HR review isn't it you know you've got to you've got to put some positive yeah. things in there before you yeah that critical uh <laughs> critical side comes out <laughs> what are you laughing at <laughs> no. what's interesting right is um right for someone like me who uh was married uh you know two kids and uh, then I uh, got divorced what well, uh, what my husband left when you know, Pollyanna was still a baby. She was like literally 10, 12 weeks old. Uh, and uh, I just remember, I know I was sort of flipped things a bit, but I do remember thinking, well, gosh, you know, at least my my, my ex-husband, you know, knew knew what was going on. Yeah. But who the hell am I going to meet now? You know, who's going, no one's going to go near there. Especially <laughs> now I've mounted two kids, popped two kids out. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's thinking on from there for people who are in a similar situation that's uh, is very interesting. I remember when I met Martin, I thought, I wonder if he's... I remember it's because Martin's never had children. So when I had my current... Um, Keep saying current like he's not permanent. <laughs> when I met my the lovely one, nine you know he's not. He he was younger than me. Yeah, he still is as well. Yeah, you know, but you know he's, he's younger than me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and at the time, you know, he'd had you know he was in his uh, mid thirties, and I don't think he'd even had sex with anyone who'd had children before. Right. Do you know, like yeah, younger yeah. previous girlfriends yeah. never had kids. I yeah. thought, gosh, you know. Well, I'm older than him and I've popped out too. And uh, one was quite recently. And uh, gosh, I wonder if he's going to notice. Do you talk about it? No. <laughs> I thought I can tell him I had oh, no. a job until afterwards because I'd had a conversation with him where he said, oh, yeah, I don't do girls with fake boots. And I was like, oh, I won't say anything. <laughs> so I was that person who, after the event, went, well, I don't know how it was for you. And obviously, I have had a wee job. <laughs> Just dropped you into the conversation. You met the children. So you, do you feel a bit closer to them? <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, that's a completely different. I mean, I know what I'm seeing the funny side of it. But, you know, it's something daunting. that... Daunting. Yeah. 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 I don't say a thing until after. <laughs> I love that. Very mature approach. <laughs> but I think that's, you know, it's all very well for me to say, you know, communication, you need to talk about it, blah, blah, blah. But it's different in the moment, isn't it? So yeah. I can totally relate to that. You know, we get scared because, you know, we don't want to reveal ourselves and, and get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so much of this, though, is around the kind of 
self-confidence, self-identity piece. Yeah. Um, because, you know, a lot of what you just said there was about, oh my God, I'm terrible now. I've had kids, so I'm kind of, you know, my body's different. He's going to yeah. think it's terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be so much stronger and better post-birth than you can pre-birth. We idolize youth as a society. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that is so dangerous mm -hmm. for our perception yeah. of ourselves but there's um, a perception as women I think yeah sorry and there is a, well I don't mean to interrupt you but there is a, a perception that and I think it's fueled through the media that once you become a mum you're not sexy yeah. and I think we take that on too yeah, yeah involved in that yeah you definitely know. just harking back to the, the conversation yeah we had just now about you know the whole Madonna hot core yeah. complex as well um yeah so I think motherhood can be really sexy and you as a person are not defined by being a mother as well absolutely um I think we we link the two when we become mothers we we link ourselves with that identity so strongly that actually it's quite hard to see outside of that mm -hmm. um but you know we I'm so much stronger now than I was pre-birth pre my first baby um you know my pelvic floor is in a much better place than it was previously as well you know I know my body much better now I know what I like what you I know what I don't like mm -hmm. and that can be really sexy because you know you, you know yourself, and actually leaning into that, I think, can be a real positive as well. Um, but I get it, it can be completely nerve-wracking, and, you know, what if they don't like me? That's a whole other ballgame. Like, you know, I've been with my husband for, I think, 14, 15 years now, so I haven't been in that situation mm. recently. Um, and it's scary, yeah. the scary, the idea of it. You're back out there dating. Yeah. So you've got all that that you're taking on. Yeah. If like Jen and like my friend as well, if they're, yeah. well, a few of my friends now, they're dating uh, younger men who yeah. don't have children, you might feel that pressure because like you yeah. say, we're obsessed with youth. So yeah. we tell ourselves we're not yeah. as young. So that means we're not as sexy or whatever. Yeah. So you've got all that pressure, Yeah. you know, and then like... The worry of taking your clothes off in front of him as well. Like my, so one of my lovely friends who, when I told her you was on, she was like, right, you need to ask. Ask yeah. this, this and this and this. Sent, sent a list over. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, I just can't even. She's dating this guy. He's a couple of years younger than her. She's got a child. He hasn't. And they're at the lovely stage at the minute where it's just Friday night dates, you know. But she's like, that time's going to come. Oh, right. So she hasn't had the No, party. they haven't had it yet. Okay. And she's like, I am just so bothered like yeah. I've got stretch marks I've got so it's this I've got that. that is it do you think yeah I think so that. and I think right. it, she's an overthinker mm -hmm. as I said to her he's not going to be there with a magnifying glass yeah. look oh, those, those, things, those are young you know. girls everyone has stretch marks yeah absolutely you know and she's got stretch marks on yeah. his back no, when he grew yeah, she's, so she's overthinking. Yeah, yeah, overthinking big stuff. I'm petrified yeah. about it, you know. And I said, if that's how you go into it, you're yeah. not going to enjoy that time with him, mm -hmm. and that's not fair on you or him. So you've got, we've got to get you in a place yeah. where you rip everything off and you don't care. Yeah. yeah. You know, how do we do that with someone? Like well, that? also the fact is that he's dating you and enjoying it. Yeah. And he's and still he dating she's you. Mom. And you get on. Yeah. There's a reason that you're at that first stage anyway. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you know. What, whether you've got stretch marks on your belly or not is not going to change that mm -hmm. because, you know, he's not just with you for, you know, whether you have stretch marks or not. No. <laughs> um, he knows how old you are. He knows you have a kid. Um, and, you know, I think as always, like, it, you know, it's not, it's not going to be easy. Um, and I think we can get too into our own heads about, about this kind of thing. I'm not saying that, you know, that's wrong. That it, it is what it is. Um, but I think we almost need, don't we, like just a little bit more cheerleading 
for ourselves. Yes. Um, we need, we need, we kind of need other people to be like, you know, it is going to be okay. Like you are wonderful and mm -hmm. you need to remember that. Mm -hmm. um, and we, there isn't enough of that. There's so much kind of tearing women down. Yes. And, you know, female friendship can be so powerful. Um, um, we need to lean into that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, if she, if she will listen to this episode, and I do call her <laughs> Reese with a spoon because she does. Oh, you're right. With a spoon. God, amazing. So, what's she worrying about? Well, <laughs> she doesn't think she does, but I, I think she does. So, that's her name. That's who she's in, in my phone as well. Oh, really? Um, but if, she's, if she will listen to this, and yeah, I want her to know she is beautiful. Yeah. And I have to say, after two kids and being older, and, and also I was older as in, not just an older person, but an older mum. Yeah. Uh, meeting a younger guy in my 40s. I had the best sex ever. Yay. Go Good job. Like you go. Yeah. It was like movie sex. Oh, okay. Oh, the brain outside. <laughs> Everything I never did in my 20s. Yeah, I because, had that. because you were loving it tonight. Had about this. No, but it's the truth. Yeah. And it just, you know, I think it, I, I just had an epiphany. I thought, yeah, so what? But I'm wiser. You know, I know what I like and I don't like. Absolutely. But I yeah. started off by liking myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, post birth. Yeah. Um, and I think you can have it all. You really can. So you tell Reese with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the real one, but yeah, you're. <laughs> yeah. You smell her. It is possible. It is possible. I can do it. And, you know. Marta, we made up that you've just told We made up when we're doing it in the rain as well. Never forget <laughs> to it. It was like the New York City skyline. He had this penthouse and we we're on the top and it was oh. raining and I could see New York and the, yeah, and it was over there, the cries of, I was like, wow. Yeah, goodness. Yeah, and Pollyanna was fast asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all possible. It is. So we're talking about that young, the, the bit of a younger stage, but how about going into maybe the older for women yeah. when our bodies change and we enter the perimenopause and menopausal stage? Because yeah. we talk about this a lot. A lot, yeah. Um, because we're very passionate about raising awareness about it and the effect it has on a woman and a woman's life. And yeah. obviously that is part of it, the, the, the sex drive, how you you know, you're going through so much. That's probably the, the last thing that you Yeah, want. and your libido. <laughs> Do you yes. know, there are so many similarities between the postnatal phase and the perimenopausal wow. phase. I think so. In terms of, right, you know, your sleep's out the window. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people can't sleep. I mean, hot flushes, you probably don't get them postnatally, but like those both caused by your hormones ricocheting all over the place. Your body your confidence. Body. Exactly. Body confidence out the window. Libido goes down. Vaginal dryness mm -hmm. is a massive thing in the perimenopause and also postnatally. Um, which we don't talk about either. Yeah. Like as a practical step, you know, lube all the way, but get the right one, guys. Organic or natural only, please. Because mm -hmm. um, that can really mess up your vaginal microbiome otherwise. Um, that's very technical. In case you didn't know that. Great bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, using the right lube is 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 very uh, is very important. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of similarities between the postnatal phase and the perimenopausal phase. And a lot of the solutions can be similar obviously the perimenopause can go on for different amount of time for everyone you know some people might enter it quite early some some might only you know have say a year of it before the, the menopause proper comes um so again it's all about kind of dealing with what you're going through and not comparing yourself to to what everyone else seems to be doing as well but I think the whole confidence piece that you were talking about Jenny is so important mm. here as well because Again, it's another phase of your life. It's a big life stage change 
that you need to lean into and embrace and feel happy with yourself in that time. And that can be really difficult because because your body's changing again. You're mourning a bit, aren't you? Oh, Quite actually, going through that. Yeah. Um, like I haven't hit that stage yet, but one of my best friends uh, went through it at 37. So mm. really quite young. Wow. Um, and she just, you know, and, and this was a number of years ago now, but uh, she just said to me, look, there was no one out there being honest and talking about it. And I thought that I didn't know how to handle any of these things because the information wasn't there. I was being brushed off by my GP. Um, you know, she finally did get the help that she needed because she learned how to advocate for herself and she did a lot of her own research. But, you know, it's really tricky, I think, navigating that when you're dismissed so easily. Yeah. Um, and people don't think of these problems as something that needs to be uh, solved. Mm -hmm. They just think of these these issues as things that we go through as women and that's your lot you know you can't improve it you can't get any you know you're not supposed to be having sex now so why are you even asking yeah <laughs> it's they label it as in your past it yeah, don't they that's yeah, how we absolutely. as women have, have, i think yeah. felt about it again yeah. comes from sort of you know the media and everything absolutely. else and, and the kind of patriarchal way in which society <laughs> yeah. has developed um i can go on about that for a long time as well. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think definitely the whole aging process you know we are taught that aging as a woman is a negative thing but men who are aging are not viewed in the same way you know they're no. silver foxes but oh my god with your wrinkles like, yeah it's really damaging for our self-esteem mm. um so i think you know very much embracing where you are recognizing the power of yourself as a woman and like the reason that you're going into the perimenopause stage is because you have had periods you you're able to create life like that's a really really powerful thing and to kind of own your cycle and the the loss of it um is a really nice way to look at it rather than as a kind of something that you're kind of losing and grieving. yeah but you've got to remember because i'm going through it but also you've got to remember it's the end of something but it's the beginning of something else you know yeah. Uh, it seems like we've got periods interfering with, you know, yeah. your everyday <laughs> exactly. sexy life or whatever, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know, don't and have so to about that anymore. Exactly. You know, you don't have to sort of choreograph the trip, like holidays or romantic yeah. weekends around when you have a period because you don't have one. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So there are, you know, there are ways to, to sort of turn things around. Um, but you know what I keep thinking about as well? I said, what that expression, MILF? Oh God! No. Don't. <laughs> Sorry, it's just coming to me though. No, you know about we'll say in one minute you're a mum and then yeah. you're not supposed to, you're, or, mm. you know, and you're, you're not supposed to have sex, and then you got that whole thing about everyone wants to be a milf. Yeah, well, everyone. I, mean, I hate that. Don't I? You? I, I, I slightly do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, uh, mummy kink is a big thing. Oh, what's this one? Oh, well, I mean, it's is playing on that whole milf thing. And basically, people oh. getting people getting turned on by the fact that you are a mom. So I suppose oh. that you know potentially could be a positive, but also you know it just plays into the whole trope about the fact that it's bad. You know, you're not supposed to find a mother sexy. Therefore, it's a little yeah. So they have to come up with it's a little bit bad. Yeah. Exactly. It's so annoying. Yeah, it, it is really. Isn't yeah. It? Um, but yeah, I it, it is what it is. I suppose. I think you know you could lean into that. I suppose as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's uh, all the rage, apparently. 
Oh, God. My hair on TikToks. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it can Mummy stay that way away from me. Yeah. yeah. Goodness me. So, um, with the, I love the title of your book, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Got mojo back. <laughs> but it's something, again, with this sort of more with the perimenopause and the menopause, is yeah. something that, you know, mojo is something you certainly use a lot in your vocabulary, but more, I've lost my mojo. Yeah. I wish yeah. I could get my mojo back. Yeah. Um, so, your barrel point there with the title <laughs> of your book, anyway. Um, uh, and, and as sort of with, with what you've done with the book, what, what are you trying to, uh, you know, for, for, for someone like, for someone like me, who might be uh, menopausal or uh, a new a new mum, is is the book something that some that should be on our bedside table? Oh well, I'd like to think so. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so it's very much based. It, it was kind of inspired by my own experience because yeah. I had real problems, um, you know, with painful sex postnatally, mm. and it almost. I mean, it, other contributing factors as well but it was a big part in uh the way that our relationship took a turn for the worst you know after birth we nearly got divorced um there was a load of other mental health factors playing in there as well um but it's based so that my own experience and and uh my experience with my husband um plays into the book and it's kind of inspired by that and then I've drawn together lots of different expertise, my own expertise from that journey, but also I've talked to experts like gynecologists, perinatal mental health experts, um, you know, women's health physios, scar massage experts, mm. um, all of that. So it's a real guide to navigating this and looking at it from both a physical and mental and also a practical perspective, because also, when do you fit this stuff in when, you know, even even when your kids are a little bit older, you know, you're still ferrying them around to like, yeah. football matches, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you know, and then as you get uh, perhaps a little bit older and into the perimenopausal phase, um, you know, you might have your parents to then look after as well. You know, that real sandwich generation thing. So the whole the practical side of things, I think, is something that we underestimate as well. You know, we joke about, oh, God, well, I'll never have sex because, you know at the bottom of my to-do list it's like well no that's actually a real thing <laughs> um so learning uh how to kind of navigate that i think is a is a really big thing as well so yeah and it's a really easy read fyi uh, um and people have told me it's a bit like having a chat with your funny friend um so which i think is really nice because that was what i was aiming for in terms of reassuring people you know helping them through it and helping them to feel empowered and, mm -hmm. and empowered enough to advocate for themselves as well yeah. and get the help that they need absolutely and as women um moms or not we all deserve to have great sex lives and and not be apologetic about it yeah you know, we we need to be talking about these things and yeah. our orgasms matter and everything yeah. you know and i know that's another subject but they do how we feel about us yeah. you know i think it's been so like a man's thing, hasn't it? And women yeah. are just like, um, they've not really felt maybe or been able to sort of talk about their sex life. You know, yeah. we've had so many labels to that. Yeah. But we have an absolute right to be able to and to have a wonderful one. Well, you know, but like everything, I guess it takes work. Well, it's such a big part of our identity as well. We don't, you know, we think of the mind and the body or we think of mental health and physical health, mm -hmm. but actually your sexual well-being, your sexual health is so important because it kind of underpins both of those things as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's so good for your health. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, both in body and mind, I just, isn't it? I think of it as like a bit of a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you have if you have good sex, 
you know, you're going to feel a little bit more kindly towards your other half. You're not going to be quite as annoyed if they do the wrong thing, Um, you know, and then you two are getting on a bit better. And then you're, you know, then you'll be nice to the kids and then the kids are in a positive mood. And then, Mm. you know, and then you might go to work and, you know, you're nice to your colleague. And, you know, it just it just has a really like subtle positive energy I think yeah that kind of flows from it so and it's yes. underestimated isn't it I yeah. think how important it is when you're in a relationship to have that that relationship together yeah you know? absolutely I mean basically my message is sex can change the world so love it <laughs> well that's so sex can change the world um, so we're all little game changers in this one absolutely so let's just see what we can do and if you need to speak to a funny friend I'm right here for you <laughs> thank you Cleo I think we could we could really talk a lot more on this yes. no, I'm going to make notes to get some back another time yeah, yeah. 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 for sure thank yeah. you oh thanks for having me